Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 75. Got a big episode for you guys today. We're going to be doing an NBA Finals preview Celtics and Warriors. Going to be a fantastic series. But I am not here alone. I've actually got a familiar face back on the podcast. Jacob Karabatz, a Celtics faithful, is back here on 125 Unfiltered. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. You know, we're officially... At the time that this podcast drops, we'll be like one sleep away from game one of the NBA finals. So it's uh I'm already getting nervous, but I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I mean the game seven of of the Heat series, and we'll we'll get to that in a bit, but very, you know, nerve-wracking game, I'm sure people. Yeah, your Celtics pulled through. They won in seven. I you predicted for them to win in seven, right? Yes, I did. And you know. It's been kind of wild because this is, yeah, sure, we've had the the couple runs to the Eastern Conference Finals since 2016, and they haven't all, like, we all knew that they weren't actually capable of winning in those years. Like, they just didn't, it was almost fluky in a way, but now they're built you know, they have all this playoff experience. Obviously, it's going to be their first finals experience, but they just – they were built from the ground up, you know, and it's a feeling I haven't had since I was 12 years old. So, seeing them actually able to go get it done and knowing that even if they lose, they they are good enough to be a championship team is a great feeling. Yeah, definitely. And when you look at Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I mean, that photo is surfacing on social media. The three of them, they stuck together. You know, they I mean, every championship team goes through these goes through these little bumps. I mean, we saw Giannis go through them, uh, you know, losing Eastern Conference Finals to Toronto after being up 2-0, losing in the second round to Miami uh, in the bubble. And then he finally broke through. And this Celtics team has also been through that. So maybe this is the year that they win their first title since the Paul Pierce days. Before we get into everything, Jacob, you actually went to a game uh, at TD Garden. You went to game four, which was, I mean, a huge game for the Celtics, blew them out uh, to even up the series. But what was, just tell everyone, what was that experience like actually being at an Eastern Conference Finals game? Um, It was wild, honestly. I mean, yeah, it was a blowout, obviously in favor of the Celtics. So it was more tolerable, but still, you know, I would have liked to see a little bit closer of a game, but I'll tell you, first off, after seeing that crowd and that environment and everything, it blows my mind how bad the Celtics have been at home in these playoffs. That's the first thing. Second thing, I'll be completely honest, had I not seen this team in person, I might would have doubted them a little more in game seven. Um. But when you watch it in person, I mean, you really see how sound the defense is, first off. Second off, you see how physical the Celtics are. I mean, you can watch it on TV and see all the whistles and be like, oh, this is tic-tac. But when you go watch it in person and see these guys, the things that, that don't get called, the crash in the glass, the getting, the getting in position, um, the screens, off ball, I mean – these dudes are still so physical. And just watching the Celtics, like, 
Grant Williams is like a literal – he just wreaks havoc. He just literally is always crashing the glass. He's physical. He's bumping people. And then Horford, it, I mean, he, the dude just doesn't make mistakes. I mean, in that game I went to, I think he had like four points – 14 rebounds and like three blocks or something like that. And you could like just being there, you could feel that he was one of the most important players on the court with four points. And then the last thing was got to see a 20 point dub and Marcus smart didn't even play. So that made me feel extremely good about this team. And man, that environment just, was it was incredible. Wish I could go back for a finals game, but unfortunately, those tickets are quite expensive. But I'm very, very glad I got to at least be a part of it and witness one game. Yeah, I mean, certainly not your average Charlotte Hornets game here uh, in Charlotte or in North Carolina, you know, uh, in every way possible. But we obviously know the story after game four. Celtics win a pretty ugly game, 93 to 80 in Miami. Then it goes back to Boston. Jimmy puts up 47 points to keep Miami alive, putting the team on his back. And then we saw in Miami for game seven, Boston won 100 to 96. A little bit scary towards the end. They had about a 10-point lead with four or five minutes to go. Heat made a little run back. But ultimately, Boston Celtics going back to the NBA Finals. And as we've talked about already, this uh, unit of Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart uh, have broken through with first-year coach Ime Udoka. So what were your your final thoughts and impressions on this Heat series, which was an absolute battle? There were a lot of injuries. It kind of seemed like it was the last man standing, uh, and it, it ended up being Boston. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously I think it was Van Gundy who said it on a pod and he was basically just like, you know, once you get to this point, everybody's hurt. And I mean, it's true. These guys are so banged up. That was, I want to say like the hundredth. Yeah. That was the hundredth game for the Celtics, at least on know. And, it, you know, you miss Al and Marcus game one, you miss Marcus game four, you're missing Tom Lord. The heater over there, you know, they're missing Hero. They got eight dudes on the injury report every game. Even if they're playing, they're hurt. I mean, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler up until game six and seven looked like that's, – that's why I was so confident in the Celtics and six because they both just looked like they couldn't even move. Well, final takeaways, well, number one is – I give the utmost respect to Jimmy Butler. That dude is a dog. I mean, he just finds ways. No matter what, he just finds ways. Number two, um, I think it was another case of, you know, the Celtics have been the better team. And the way I look at it is the better team is always going to somehow prevail in the game seven. But number three – you know, as good as it feels for the Celtics to win, the Celtics got some serious things to fix going into this finals. And, you know, I'll get more into that later, but that's pretty much my thoughts. I mean, obviously I'm happy to be there, but 
there's some things that have to be improved. Yeah, obviously not a perfect series. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he had 35 in that game seven. Bam had 25. Just going to read out some stats real quick. Uh, Tatum, 26 ground, 24 smart, 24. I mean, when your top three players are playing like that, it's going to be very hard to beat Boston. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and another thing that came up, the Max Struess three-pointer that ended up getting reviewed and taken away. Not really sure what went into that decision. But at the end of the day, um, Miami just didn't have enough help. For Jimmy Butler, I think Tyler Hero getting hurt was surely unfortunate, but the backcourt production was just not there. I mean, when it was there a little bit in game six, Kyle Lowry had 18, which seemed like a miracle at that point. Uh, it just shows how exponentially uh, better Miami was. But uh, it was it, it did seem like Jimmy just and, and and everyone on national television was talking about the three point attempt by Jimmy Butler. Absolutely no reason for him not to take that shot. You go for the win. You don't play to lose. Uh, and I mean, just like you said, mad respect to Jimmy Butler. He's truly, I mean, he can be the best player on a championship team. I just think they just didn't have the healthy bodies, uh, for this series, but, um, a really physical series, a very wacky series, a lot of big leads, obviously the injuries played a role, but I do think the better team won. Uh, and I, I think this is going to make for the best series out of the four teams that were remaining. Um, so yeah, let, let's just go, let's hop straight into it. Let's go. Golden State Warriors, Boston Celtics, NBA Finals. This is the Warriors' sixth final in the last eight years. Celtics looking for the first title since, would it be 2008, um, I believe? Yeah. Uh, so as a Celtics fan, what is the biggest thing Boston needs to do to win? Well, so many takes on this finals. Uh, for starters, before I get into what they need to do to win, I just love this finals not just because the Celtics are in it, but because it's the perfect antithesis to the outsider NBA fans who are like, you need super teams. You got to build this. Both of these teams built from the ground up. You got the core of Curry, Clay, Draymond, Poole, um, throw in Looney. These guys were all drafted. I mean, besides Wiggins, pretty much their whole rotation was drafted, unless you want to throw Gary Payton in there too, but he just got back. And – you look at the Celtics, Smart, Tatum, Brown, Rob Williams, Grant Williams. Uh, you know, obviously Derek White now, Horford were acquired. But I just think it's cool to finally get another finals of two teams that were built from the ground up. That being said, this Warriors team is deep. They're experienced. They've been here so many times. They know the moment. Yes. That does mean they're a little older, but they also are seasoned. They don't make mistakes, and that's the exact thing. The Celtics had three fatal flaws, in my opinion, in that Miami series. And we kind of started to see glimpses of it in the Milwaukee series, but it just didn't show as bad. Number one, they cannot close out a half or the end of a game to save their lives. The only reason that game was close was because they allowed an 11-0 at the end of the first half and an 11-2 at the end of the game. You can't have that. That's 22-2 in total runs. You do that against Golden State, I promise you you're losing. Number two, they give up so many offensive rebounds. And it's so frustrating because they're – especially in the Heat series, they were always the bigger team. The Heat just literally were out-physicaled them, 
outbattled them at the rim and wanted it more. I mean, you can't have that happen against the Warriors because they're going to be the same way. I can assure you Draymond and Looney and Wiggins and those guys are going to get in there. They're going to be annoying. And they're going to fight for rebounds. Can't give up offense rebounds. Then the final thing, everyone knows this one, is turnovers. The Celtics did not lose a game to the Heat when they turned it over less than 17 times. And what's crazy about that is, like, 17 is a very large number still. I mean, I can guarantee you, if you turn it over more than 13 times against Golden State, you're going to be very hard-pressed to win. So they have to box out on the defensive glass. They can't turn the ball over as much. And they have to get better at closing out. Because if they are up 10 with two minutes to go in the first half and they allow the Warriors to go on a 7-0 run and cut it to three, it's going to come out and it's going to be a disaster. So that's kind of my takes on what the Celtics have to do. Yeah, I mean, very good points there. Miami really picked on them defensively in a few of those games to force those turnovers. I mean, these it wasn't just bad passes. It was literally just getting ripped, uh, whether it's Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler. Um, now, is Golden State that ferocious defensively? Probably not. But they still have very good team defense. They contain Luka the best they could. Uh, I do think the difference for Golden State defensively, though, in this series is they forced guys like Maxi Kleba, Reggie Bullock, Spencer Dinwiddie to beat them. They try to get the ball out of Lucas' hands, make these guys hit open shots. For the most part, they were unable to. Boston's role players actually hit their shots. Got Grant Williams, who's a sniper from the corner. Derek White, fantastic end to the series. He's going to play a huge role for Boston off the bench on both ends of the floor. And then obviously you got Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. I mean, they, Boston has not only do they have great team defense, but they have actual scores who can put the ball on the floor and create their own shot. Jalen Brown uh, is, I mean, all respect to Jalen Brunson, uh, but but Jalen Brown is a little, you know, he's a little bigger. He's going to be a bit more physical. He's going to stroke it well from three point range, which Brunson didn't do that well, but. Um, Golden State's not going to be dealing with these smaller-ish guards. They're going to be dealing with some bigger wings out here. And I wonder how they're going to be able uh, to, to keep up with them. And, and also, it's, you know, stopping Jason Tatum is hard enough. So I think Golden State's going to have a much taller task this series defensively, mainly just because Boston's going to hit some of these shots that Dallas could. Yeah, and that's that's one of the biggest things I look at is, like, this is a rare year where you almost have to kind of look at it. I don't necessarily want to say a weaker West, but certainly a softer West. I mean, this kind of, this year has kind of been reminiscent of like a nineties year where the East was just this super physical. I mean, you look at the Celtics path, they go through KD and Kyrie nets aren't that physical, but still you go through the star power. Then you probably play, I would say the Celtics are arguably the most physical team. But if you say that the Celtics are the most physical team, they certainly played the second and third most physical teams in the Bucs and the Heat. I mean, those were just battles. I mean, this Heat series is like a freaking war of attrition. And it, it literally – the Celtics have just played – they've played a balance of stars, scrappy defenses. And the thing is, is – I'm not as worried about this team getting into it 
with like a Golden State team where they have to score? Because I know this team can score. I would much rather them play that than one of these absurdly good defensive teams. And then I look at like the Warriors, you know, they, they play the, the Nuggets who, you know, with all due respect to Nikola Jokic, there's only so much he can do and that team's just not good. Then they play the Grizzlies without Jaw, and before Jaw got hurt in that series, I mean, I thought it was going to be a seven-gamer, honestly. It, I didn't know which way that series was going to go. Then they play a Mavs team who – shoots a billion threes for four out of the five games that was the conference finals. They couldn't buy a three. And you really only have one guy. Sure, Dinwiddie and Brunson can occasionally create off the dribble. But I look at the difference, and I really just think that, obviously, you know, he's the best player on the team. But Jason Tatum really needs to be like, a first, like a true first-team All-NBA caliber guy night in and night out. Because if he does that, that's just going to make it that much harder for them. And then you look at the role players. I mean, comparing Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Al Horford and Rob Williams and Grant Williams and Derek White and even the little sprinkles of like Pritchard and stuff in there to the role players that were on Dallas. I mean, it seems like a completely different ball game. And this is the question that I'm going to turn around and ask you is, in your opinion, what do you think is a bigger advantage? Because I think both sides have an advantage in this series. The Celtics have the advantage of being battle-tested and playing super physical, good, aggressive defenses and teams. And then you got the Warriors, who not quite as battle-tested in this playoffs. So they're a little more well-rested. So in your opinion, what's the bigger advantage, battle-tested or well-rested? I definitely think battle-tested. Uh, in this case, the teams that Boston went through, probably the best three teams on paper in the East. I mean, I'm gonna, I, I would put Brooklyn over Toronto and Philly. I mean, going sweeping Katie and Kyrie is no small feat. Um, but I just think when you when you have those tough times and you're down two one uh, to Miami, you're down three two to to Milwaukee. I mean, there's they're six and zero coming off a loss in these playoffs and yeah, the extra rest is nice, but they're so late into the season already. I mean, like, like Van Gundy said, everyone's hurting. There's, I mean, who, who knows what the Warriors are dealing with injury wise, Gary Payton, the second's coming back. So we'll see. But I, I just think at this point, the only like injury I'm kind of worried about is Robert Williams, the third, who knows when he's going to be in and out, but that's also a little bit harder to game plan for golden state. So I, I really think at this point, Defense wins championships, knowing how to overcome adversity throughout runs like this. I mean, we see it all the time. And, I mean, I'll bring up my Raptors. They're down 2-0 uh, to Milwaukee. You have to win four straight. Milwaukee did the same thing to Phoenix, uh, down 2-0 in the finals. I mean, I, I just feel like – I don't want to say the Warriors' road was easy, but how are they going to react if they do fall down 2-1, 3-2 in this series? We haven't necessarily seen them – in that spot in, in a long time. The last time was, was probably against Toronto. Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see who can make the, who can throw the first punch, uh, whether it is this well-rested Warriors team or if the Celtics can just continue on a roll defensively. That's probably the biggest thing when you are this battle-tested. You can continue this momentum. It's not like you're going to get rusty. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I agree with. You know, you bring up a good point there. It's like, Obviously, the Warriors have been incredible in this playoffs. Um, 
we've seen the flaws of the Boston Celtics. We haven't necessarily seen the flaws of the Warriors because I don't really think they've played a team that can bring them out. And the Celtics aren't the only team that can bring out their flaws. If they'd have played a healthy Bucks team, had they played this Heat team, they would have made it really, really tough on Golden State. And that's where I'm curious is I think people are still under the impression that this is the same Golden State team that it was three, four years ago. And it's, it's just not. I mean, yeah, they got to the finals, but they had things happen just like the Celtics have had good things happen. I mean, the Suns getting beat was a blessing for them. No Kawhi and Paul George was a blessing for them. I mean, it's the same way as the Celtics, you know, not having to go up against Chris Middleton, Tyler Hero getting hurt, and the Heat being that banged up. I mean, you always have to have breaks to go to the finals. But I'm just curious to see how this version of Golden State and their their big – I guess you would say three, even though they have more than three important players. Their big core three react. They're older. You know, Clay got, had the injuries. Not, it's not quite the same moving side to side anymore. So that'll be interesting. Completely agree with Robert Williams. Because if Robert Williams is back to 100%, he's just a completely different night matchup nightmare that we can put out there that's going to be hell for Looney. It's going to cause – it's going to force them to have to play a loony. And it's, it's going to be matchup disaster if Robert Williams can play. Now, my biggest notes about this series, and this is so strange to me. I'll never understand it. Me and my friend who went to the game with me, Jackson, we always talk about this. For starters, for some reason, the Boston Celtics always play the Warriors good. I mean, they're the only team – that has a winning record against Steve Kerr as the coach of the Warriors. Since 20, the 2018-19 season, they're 6-2 and two against the Warriors, which is absurd to me. And they, they just – they create so many matchup problems. And that's – it doesn't matter. Like, you look at the death lineup. For Golden State, Curry, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. The Celtics can attack that in so many ways. They can go small. They can go Derek. Derek's a good defender. They just got six foot six Jimmy Butler going downhill on him a lot. I mean, can't flaw him for that. We can go White, Smart, Jalen, Tatum, Horford, you know. Don't feel comfortable playing white. We can go smart, Jalen, Tatum, Grant, Horford. And it's just like the matchups are always there. And that, to me, is the beauty of the smart Jalen Jason because they're versatile. They can all three switch and guard most positions. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting because I genuinely – I don't think that the Celtics are, you know, necessarily going to – the only team that can play Golden State well. But on paper, I think the Celtics hands down match up with Golden State as good, if not better, than anyone on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that. They have so many interchangeable parts uh, defensively. I think they could switch on a good amount of things. Um, 
So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to watching that uh, and seeing, you know, which players shine. Uh, we always do X factors here. What is the one player for Golden State that really worries you? The big X factor for the Warriors. Yeah, you know, obviously there's some guys you know what to expect. Like Curry drops 30, can't be mad. He's Steph Curry. Draymond's going to be out there facilitating and doing what he does. Can't be mad about that. It's literally what he does. Even Clay starts hitting threes. Can't be mad at it. The one player that I think is the X factor, and if he plays well, I think the Celtics have a very, very slim chance of winning this series, is Andrew Wiggins, because he's just that versatile wing forward that's that's big and strong. I mean, you saw Wiggins. He gave Lucas serious issues in that series. Like, it wasn't just Draymond. I mean – Wiggins was tough. I mean, he's he's strong, he's athletic, he's he's long, he's an improved shooter. Um, at least in the big moments, it seems like he's found his role in Golden State. You know, if he ends up being like a eight, like an 18, 19, 20 point per game guy in this series, it's gonna be really, really tough for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, Wiggins is essential for the Warriors' success. Uh, we, they obviously have the three-point shooting, but Wiggins' ability to, to create his own shot in the mid-range and you know get to the paint, get to the free-throw line, I think makes this offense, it just completely makes it multi-dynamic. And I think that's so important for the success because they obviously have Draymond Green facilitating the offense. Uh, so I, I've said this in the past, but he kind of fills that role that, that Harrison Barnes and uh, Kevin Durant fill that that small forward spot, being able to to make shots inside the three-point line. And then obviously his role in probably defending Jason Tatum will be huge. I also think Klay Thompson uh, is going to be big for the for the Warriors. He does need to get off to some faster starts. Don't let him get going in the third quarter, though. He just That's his favorite time to just go off. But I would love to see how he does defensively because I think if he can kind of get back to being – uh, that great defender that we remember him as. Obviously, the injuries played a role uh, in his in his defense this year, but I think that'll make this Warriors team a lot better defensively. Uh, now, going to Boston side, my X factor for them is Al Horford. Um, obviously, their big three, they need to all play well, but Horford is the anchor defensively. Not only can it protect the paint well, had a lot of blocks in that Miami series. Uh, he's mobile on the perimeter. He can guard the outside. Uh, a big question for me is, can Boston's bigger lineup with Robert Williams the third and Al Horford, can they hang with Golden State if they run the death lineup? Uh, and, you know, I was thinking, do they go Grant at the four instead of Robert Williams? But Al Horford is going to be asked to be on the perimeter a lot, I feel. He could be guarding Draymond Green. He could be tasked with stopping Looney uh, from, you know, racking up offensive rebounds. And I just think he doesn't have to score in this series. He just needs to do all of the little things, you know, if he gets switched on to a smaller guy, can he keep up with them? I mean, he is a pretty versatile big. He is, even though he is up there uh, in age. So I think Horford's defense, protecting the paint, you know, getting stuck out on the perimeter, if he can hold his own as well uh, as just controlling the boards uh, on both ends of the floor uh, is going to be really, really important for Boston because he could gain them a couple extra possessions. Uh, and, and overall, uh, again, if he's, if he's, if he can knock down a couple three pointers, that is just, more than you can ask for from the 15-year veteran. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, he just – Horford does so many things that will make it difficult for Golden State. 
especially in the death lineup, because if they're playing the death lineup, then that means you're, they really have to put Draymond on him. Because if they put anyone else on him, he's going to abuse him in the paint. And if they put Draymond on him, even if he doesn't necessarily score a lot, you can't sag and into the paint and play help defense. Because if you do, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but it feels like Al Horford is shooting 50% from the corner <laughs> this, this playoffs. I mean, he's just – he's a great shooter. Like you said, he's first on defense. He's first on offense. You can do so many things with him. And I think he's just honestly a nightmare matchup for the Warriors, especially in the death lineup, because if they're playing Draymond at center, you've got Horford who's got four inches on Draymond that can stretch the floor, and it's going to make the Warriors make some serious decisions. The other X factor I have, which, I mean, I don't really know if this is a a player, but obviously everyone knows Jason Tatum is the best player on the Celtics. However, I think the X factor – for this series outside of Horford is Tatum cannot afford to do what he has done once in each of the last two series. He cannot afford to lay that egg and have that game. He can't have the 10-point game. He can't have the whatever it was, 10, 11, 12 against Milwaukee. This is the finals. You're a first-team All-NBA player. Like, you're playing the Warriors – you're four and one in game sevens. No more excuses for you to lay an egg. Like you have to be first team all NBA every single game. No questions asked. Yeah, the best players have to show up for, for both sides. Um, so yeah, we've kind of laid it all out. Now let's give our final predictions. Jacob, we'll start with you. Are you rocking with your Celtics? Or are you gonna go with the Warriors? Obviously, I think this is a toss-up. I mean, it's going to be interesting, especially, like we said, if if our boy Maple Jordan's hooping for the Warriors, it's going to get really interesting. Um, mm, This is so tough because I think it could go either way, but, I mean, I feel like picking against my Celtics would be a – would just be bad juju, so – I'm going to ride with it, just like I did last series. Give me the Celtics in seven. Like you said, they're 6-0 and coming off losses. Tatum's 4-1 and in game sevens. Brown is either 4-1 and or 5-1 and or whatever. These guys are they, – they compete and they win in game seven. So, give me the Celtics in seven. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a tough pick for me, too. I think it comes down to three things for me. Who wins the rebound battle? Who has the better three-point percentage? And who has more turnovers or less turnovers? The team who is the best in those three categories, I, I think, will win the series. Because Golden State's a pretty turnover-prone team as well. We, we definitely saw it uh, in the Memphis series, a little bit in the Dallas series. I know Boston's going to be the toughest defensive matchup Golden State's gone up against. But I just... I don't know. Smart, Brown, and White have a very tall task guarding these Golden State guards. And I just think Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going to shine out in the end. I'm going to go with the Warriors in seven as well. I think Steph Curry is going to win his first finals MVP. 
I don't know. It's just so hard to bet against Golden State right now just because they have these shooters. But if anyone's going to push them to the brink, if anyone's going to make it a close series where it, where it truly is that coin flip game on the line with a minute left, it's going to be Boston. But, yeah, I wrote it down in my notes. I'm going to write it down in the notes at its final. So, yeah, I'm going to Warriors in seven. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, like, this, this could literally – this could literally go either way. I mean, this is such a hard series to pick. I have no clue because I, I think also it's a little bit of PTSD from like these playoffs have just kind of been – I don't want to say bad, but they just they haven't been close. And Has not been too exciting. No, yeah, exactly. It's just been – it's been very – too many blowouts, and I think we're getting PTSD from that. And I really, really don't – there might be one blowout in this series, but I do not see this – I see this series being very, very close every game. Definitely, yeah. I, I think we're really in for, for a treat. Starting tomorrow night, Celtics at Golden State. Golden State's the home team at 9 o'clock on ABC. Uh, yeah, I mean, with all the – with some injuries and blood, I really think we're in for a really solid – seven game series obviously best of luck to your Celtics uh I don't really have a team of interest I'm just gonna you know I just want good basketball at the end of the day that's really what I'm going for here so hopefully we can get that um any last things Jacob before we wrap it up here um no other than the fact that you know if you're not rooting for the Celtics man then I, I just don't know what to tell you you know I you know I would like to adopt the Celtics as a America's team, if you will. Not really, but we all have to acknowledge that Boston has an annoying fan base, but Golden State's fan base is like next level annoying, and we don't need to give them any more reason to talk than they already do. So just root for the Celtics. That's all I got. That's a pretty good campaign right there. You know, I, I mean, any Golden State haters, I'm sure they're going to be hopping on the Boston bandwagon um so yeah that's really all i got for today uh on 125 and Phil, thank you so much for listening on friday we've got a special another guest episode special ac or not acc ncaa baseball tournament preview with a new guest going to be talking some baseball really for the first time in depth super excited for that but as always thank you so much for listening tune into the nba finals tomorrow and i'll speak to you next time